podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by anybody. It is a Sunday afternoon. I'm recording this right before the Lakers tip off against the Phoenix Suns. Thanks to some planning and stuff, I had to I had to record a little bit earlier than I than I normally would. Uh, I would and I would imagine I would anticipate the Lakers take care of business against Phoenix. Phoenix hasn't been very good. I would imagine also that Tyson Chandler would will will give it a little extra umph on this one because he's playing his old team uh, probably an organization he doesn't hold in in the highest regard because of how inept that he, they were over the course of of his time in Phoenix though to their credit they they released him uh, early enough in the season that he could make his way to Los Angeles and and maybe that makes up for for some of that but uh I, I would imagine this one should go pretty well for the Lakers. I hope that they take care of business and just blow a team out. It would be nice. Uh, Pete and I talk about this all the time. It would be nice to see them just take care of business. Uh, and and Phoenix isn't good. Uh, they're they're pretty easily the worst team in the Western Conference. So we'll see how things go. But but this is the kind of game that that you would like to be able to turn your brain off around the third quarter or so. So we'll see how that goes. Devin Booker, I believe, is going to play, and and we'll see how that turns out. Uh, if they if the Lakers do lose, um, be thankful that I recorded before the game and I'm in a good mood still. <laughs> uh, today's show, though, as I do with every single Monday episode of this here podcast, is a mailbag episode. This is a quick reminder. To those of you who want certain topics covered on the show, uh, if you put them in the form of a five-star review, this is really important that it's a five-star review because that kind of thing helps the show. Uh, if you put it in the form of a five-star review, I will answer those questions live or right here every single week. So, so get those questions in. We have a ton of questions. And before we get to them, I want to briefly remind you guys, uh, as we approach it, we're a couple weeks, about 10 days away, 13, no, yeah, about 10 days away from this actually going down. But at Tom's Urban, right across the street from from Staples Center out there in L.A. Live, uh, we are going to have a Locked on Lakers event at uh, at the uh, at that Tom's Urban location. I'll talk about that in a bit, but I just want to make sure I mention it right here at the start of the show. Uh, go to tomsurban.com slash locked on uh, for special offers and all that um, exclusive to, to the network. Uh, so uh, like I said, though, in the second break, I'll, I'll talk about that. Uh, let's let's dive into these things, though, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think we should. This first question comes from Team Mike 206. First, just wanted to say that I'm glad you guys are safe. Can't imagine what it's been like down there during the wildfires. Uh, I, I personally, I believe Pete also is is uh, far enough away from the fires that we were never in any real danger. Uh, though, uh, I'm sure most of you guys who listen to the show follow Grant Goldberg. Uh, he was, I think, he was even evacuated. Uh, but he he was out there in, in that area of the uh, of the state and and uh, had a tough go of it out there. So so uh, my full support and, and thoughts and prayers and positive vibes out to everybody who was affected. Uh, but fortunately for for me, where I'm currently sitting right now, we we were uh, we were never in any real danger. Um, but thanks. 
The question, though, is Brandon Ingram is starting to show flashes of being special. The more he plays, the more I see him affect the game on both ends of the floor. How long before those flashes uh, become more of the norm for Ingram? I don't quite agree uh, about offensively. I I don't like it. I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. Uh, I don't I don't like his approach to basketball on offense. It's just he'd have been great. Like people probably would have really loved him in like the '90s when everybody was shooting pull up mid range jumpers. But but he just he, he takes the kind of shots that end runs. If you guys know what I mean, basically. The Lakers will have momentum and and they'll be on a bit of a run. It'll be like a seven zero run or something like that. And Ingram gets the ball on the on the in isolation on the wing with seventeen seconds to go on the shot clock. He takes like four or five dribbles, a hesitation, uh, pulls up without really gaining any advantage from his dribble uh, with with ten seconds left on the shot clock and misses that trans misses that that mid range jumper and. And instead of having a lead expand maybe from 7-0 to a 10-0 run with a smarter shot, uh, the, the defense, the uh, the opposition gets the ball on a rebound. They go down and, and they score on the other end. And what could have been a 10-0 run turns into a, a I guess it would be a 7-2 run, right? And it's only a five-point uh, advantage gained when the Lakers had momentum. He just he does that all too often, and uh, the Lakers, to their credit, and as we've talked about quite a bit here on the show, have done a lot to try to get him going and take him better, get him taking better shots or get him the ball on the move, and that's been great to see. But he still tends to just kind of revert back to his shot selection, which is just leaves a lot to be desired. All that said, defensively. He he can be special. That's where I would agree that he can be special on the defensive end uh, using his length. One thing that I've really liked watching from him this season is his approach to the geometry of defense and and figuring out, you know, I if I take this angle, I can keep my guy in front of me and and I can play this a little bit more conservatively and close the space using my length. He's done a really good job at, at that this season. Uh, so that's been great to see. Uh, the next step, I think, will will get be getting him more involved in the in the rebounding aspect of of defense and and maybe get him in passing lanes a little bit more and and have him disrupt the other team's offense using his length in that in that way. But in terms of just one on one positioned basketball uh, and defense, I like what I see from from Brandon Ingram there. And and it was really apparent, like the Lakers came out and and they looked really slow against Dallas to start the game and when everybody kind of collectively said wait no this isn't actually going to happen and turn things around Ingram spent a lot of time on on Luca who who has been fantastic this season and Ingram gave him legitimate issues so so that was good to see and and I think that's where he's going to make his mark on on the team this year is defensively the hope, though, is that he isn't so such a negative presence offensively that he becomes a net neutral player, uh, and 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 everything that he brings to the table on defense is kind of for naught because of of his offensive woes. Uh, I'm gonna come back and answer more of your guys' questions. Uh, we talked the I talked a little bit there about how the Lakers will will instead of extending runs, they'll be cut short for for a variety of reasons. The next question here is going to be about some of the negative runs that the Lakers have and, and, and what might be causing that. So 
So more on that in a bit. Uh, today's show, though, is brought to you in part by Mizuma. Uh, I talk about them as often as I possibly can, and every time every time that I talk to them, they it, it's it's from the standpoint of how much they help me personally. And I want if you guys are are, are small business owners, I want to make sure that they can help you in a lot of the same ways. Uh, my team leader, my 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 group leader, and 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 bookkeeper uh, was actually just promoted. And and uh, so shouts to Carly and and congratulations on that. And in a quick email, she introduced me to the to the to my new contact there, and we hit the ground running. And, and we haven't missed any any uh, organization over that transfer. And and that's because of how well organized they are organizationally from from top to bottom it's just an incredible company and they've they've made me a lot more uh, organized and comfortable around the stuff and and I'm here to 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 hopefully push you to to get the same kind of help they have packages starting at only $75 a month. Uh, you figure out what makes the most sense for you in a call when you dial the number 213-947-6926. Again, that's 213-947-6926. No strings attached. It's just a consultation to figure out what might make the most sense for you and your small business. Um, and that's Mizuma, your small business's one-stop shop for bookkeeping, taxes, and unlimited accounting advice. Let's take another quick second here and we'll come back and keep answering your questions. And we're back. Uh, let's answer more of your questions. So the first one here comes from Doc McSims. During the past 10 games, regardless of who is in or out of the lineups, the Lakers have two to four minutes droughts of not scoring. This is killing them along with turnovers and missed free throws. Why doesn't Luke call timeouts during these droughts to help the offense? All right, so first off, a lot of this has to do with just how basketball goes. Like sometimes teams just go cold, right? And and if coaches call timeouts for every single time the the team went cold, they would run out of timeouts by the time the, the you know, you really needed them down the stretch of some of these games, right? So on one hand, I, I don't blame Luke for for not always calling timeouts when the team just kind of goes cold. Uh, the other thing that I'll say, too, is that he comes from the Phil Jackson, uh, I guess, coaching tree. And Phil famously said that he doesn't do much coaching during games. He does a lot of his preparation and he gets his teams ready in practice so that when the game hits, the the team is ready for any situation that they might come across, right? So from that standpoint, that's that's also kind of where Luke is coming from. And and it and it kind of makes sense, right? You don't want to you don't want to micromanage grown ass men, right? You you just don't want to do that. And and NBA players don't want to be micro micromanaged in that way either. Uh it that kind of, you know, calling so many timeouts, that's more of a college basketball thing where where I just don't like college basketball, so I'm not going to give my take on that. But, but I just that 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 type of high school or college type coaching, that's where guys over coach, in my opinion, and pro guys just tend to let the game play out as as it's going to play out. It's an 82 game long season, and and what winds up happening if you overcoach is guys just kind of get sick of your voice, and and you don't want that happening. It's a, it's a larger picture issue as well. Um, the other thing too, if we're getting to the root of why some of these negative runs happen, 
I think a lot of it has to do with some of the lineups that are on the court. Like Lance Stevenson and, and Brandon Ingram are just not going to work together. That's just not a combination that you should see out on the court very often, especially when Lance Stevenson and Brandon Ingram don't have a point guard out there to kind of diagnose on the run, okay, this is what we need to run here. This is we, we need a bucket or so-and-so needs a bucket. I'll, I'll make sure that they get the ball here. When when it's Lance and, and it's Brandon, the, there's just you have no idea what the point of what they're trying to run offensively might be, and it just gets ugly really quickly. Uh, so I think lineups have a lot to do with it, more so than timeouts. Um, and then, I again, sometimes you just go cold, and, and over a two- to four-minute stretch it, it, compared to a 48-minute game, that kind of thing just always happens. You're, there's, there, you're never going to... It, it, it's just like the, a player's development. It's not a linear thing. If a game starts out a certain way, that doesn't mean that they're just going to continue to add or, or continue to play that way. There are just ebbs and flows to however a game might go. Next question. Uh, love the show, but listening you try to sell action heat is cringe. What are you talking about? I love that stuff. I, I actually just put in a purchase for it, so... Get ready for more of that. Uh, next question. If the Warriors call up and say they will trade Durant for LeBron straight up on December 15th, what do you say? In Anthony's world words, uh, yes, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Hmm. I don't think Kevin Durant is uh, has the right mentality to be the top dog on um, a major market team. I think he... As much as he might want that kind of thing, I just don't – he's too sensitive. He's too fragile uh, mentally to to handle that kind of, of attention, uh, that type of, of limelight. So I don't know if the Lakers make that trade, uh, LeBron for Durant. Basketball-wise, if it was just a vacuum, if you made this trade in just a vacuum, I could see the the case for it because Durant is younger and and he uh, he might be a no. I don't even know if he's easier to just put alongside a, a, another superstar or another a group of guys. Um, I don't think the Lakers make that trade in in any world, uh, let alone twice on Sunday. Next question, please. Oh, this is. <laughs> This is from Brian Michelle. Uh, please get rid of Lonzo. Can the like can the Lakers sign Leangelo? What are the chances they can sign the entire Ball family? Is anyone else out there wanting to see Lavar coach coach the Lakers? I think I'm being trolled. That's my guess. I think I'm being trolled. Next question. Uh, last one for the segment. Hi, this is from Initium73. Hi, hi, Anthony. I listen to your show daily, and I think you and Pete are simply amazing. Thanks, man. Uh, mostly Pete. I, w- I would imagine Pete's more amazing. But I understand trading for Beal now could eliminate the Lakers from signing a significant free agent in 2019. Is it possible to trade Brandon Ingram and Lonzo for Beal now, then use Beal as an asset for Anthony Davis, or a sign-and-trade for Durant, uh, Durant or Leonard in the summer of 2019? Is this a possible scenario? Well, the problem with that, though, is that you you really kind of are throwing all of your assets at, at, at a single target, right? And and the point here is to be able to sign a really good free agent, free agent this upcoming summer and still have those assets to be able to, to get a third guy. And if you send those guys for Beal and then flip 
spiel for somebody that you wanted to, wanted to add anyway, well then, what was the point of having those assets in the first place, right? Uh, so I don't I don't think that's that's a scenario. It's something the Lakers could look into if they think they might strike out. Uh, but I I don't think their their preference would be to to sign somebody outright this upcoming summer and then have additional assets to be able to acquire a third guy or see if Lonzo or Brandon Ingram uh, develop into that that third star. So we'll see. Uh, let's take another quick second here, and when we come back, we will continue answering your questions. Uh, this show is brought to you in part by Tom's Urban LA. Uh, we we have full information on on what we're, what might be going on. Uh, they they I believe are going to provide microphones and and that'll give us the opportunity uh, Pete and I to record a live show might do like a town hall kind of thing and and if other guys who are who are guests on the show uh, can come on as well maybe I'll I'll try to get those guys up on on the stages as, as well so that that'd be fun. Uh, but they have incredible food. For example, the, when they when they were thinking about doing all this, they had my wife, they had me, they had uh, the host of Locked On Rams, Brad, who put all this together, and they had the host of the hosts of Locked On Clippers, and and they put out a full spread. They had, to, I think, they had to bring an extra table to to get all the food on there. We had some. Lobster mac and cheese that was incredible. They had it, I I really like uh, duck as a meat. They had duck wings like Korean wings. Those were just delightful. Those were really good. They had regular uh, hot wings that that you need to have if you're watching a sporting event. Uh, they brought out all the various cocktails. They have a, a really good uh, margarita, uh, the Hornitos margarita that that was just that was really good as well. And, and I'm a margarita snob, so. So that was a lot of fun, and, and they've been really good about supporting the show. They have incredible food. They have a happy hour, uh, half off anything that pours from 2 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, and then a reverse happy hour Sunday through Thursday from 10 p.m. to close. That's my kind of that's my kind of happy hour. That's when I like to I like to go and 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 have a drink to kind of wind down for the night. Uh, so so it's it's just a great place. It's an incredible vibe. They have an upstairs. It's where. ESPN zone used to be, and uh, there there was an up zone. There was an upstairs area at ESPN zone. They've completely carved that out, redid the upstairs area, and they have this really cool beer uh, tap situation where they give you a card. You load up your card with how much you want to spend that night, and you put this card at the tap, and you pour your own beer. It's incredible. It's an awesome. It's an awesome, awesome place to watch a game, and I can't wait to be able to watch a game with all of you guys. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you guys out there again. That's the December thirteenth game against the Houston Rockets, and uh, and it the game starts at five thirty. I'm going to be there early uh, just in case you know because traffic sucks. Uh, I'm going to be there early to 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 watch the whole game, and then after the game, Pete and I and whoever else might be talking that night are going to hop on the mics and 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 we'll talk about the game and then maybe we'll take some questions from you guys it'll be a great night i hope to see all of you there we're going to take another quick second here and come back and finish answering your questions all right so the next question here comes from 
R. Stolt. Hey, Anthony, love the show, man. I, I always have been and continue to be a Brandon Ingram supporter. That said, I'm starting to wonder if his ceiling is what we've seen from Pascal Siakam this year. Is it, I think it's Pascal. Pascal Siakam. I don't know. Not that uh, that would be a bad thing. Siakam's been really good. But it's a far cry from superstar level. Am I out of line? I don't know about analyzing Brandon Ingram's ceiling given the fact that he is just now able to drink legally like that's a thing that happened this year <laughs> so so he's still super young he, it's like i said earlier he has flashes especially defensively where you say holy crap that's that's incredible uh but in terms of what his ceiling might be i don't maybe superstar is out of the question i, I don't think he'll he'll ever be like a superstar but could he be an all-star Maybe if he's in the right situation, uh, I, I just my big thing for him is I just want him to address his mental uh, approach to playing basketball. I just say it, it, it needs to change. All those mid-range jumpers do nobody any kind of good. Next question here. Uh, this comes from Rocky Boy Twenty Four. Thank you for the Laker content, Anthony. Always a pleasure to listen in and get your insight. Thanks, man. Uh, LeBron and Ingram are like you and Harrison too good for each other. <laughs> how likely is it to walk uh, for how likely is Ingram to walk barring the Lakers don't give him a max contract at the end of the 2021 season. If we sign another all-star uh, that means someone will have to take less Ingram's window for an extension is closing quickly. Um, I don't think Ingram will ever walk outright. It's just really hard for free agent or for, for especially the top, five-ish picks that's that that's really hard for them to do they'd turn down a lot of guaranteed money that almost never happens but could ingram get traded i i could see that happening i it's it's if ingram never tweaks his approach to the game i think he he probably gets traded this upcoming offseason for and i and i think the lakers can still because i still believe he's going to be a really good player i still believe in brandon ingram the the basketball entity I just think for what the Lakers need out of their secondary player right now, he doesn't he doesn't bring enough of that offensively. Next question. Do you really think LeBron makes his teammates better? <laughs> to me, he's very good at making below average players seem above average, but when playing with good to great players, e.g. Wade, Kyrie, Bosch, Love, Ingram, Kuz, uh, he stifles their growth. Kobe played better with superstars than LeBron. Kobe for Shaq out, though. Uh, I'm kidding. The Lakers are going to end up losing their young coach, their young core, and their future uh, all for an aging LeBron that no superstar wants to play with. Bad decision focusing on LeBron versus potential Paul George-Kawhi combo. I mean, we don't know how that actually played out. I don't think the Lakers ever really had a chance at Paul George after they traded D'Angelo Russell, which, you know, uh, that led in um, basically directly to to signing LeBron. I, I don't. I, I think you're being a little too hard on LeBron here. Uh, I, there's something too. Like I think it's a little concerning that everybody is out there willing and able, or maybe not able, but willing to trade Lonzo Ball and, and Brandon Ingram before trading Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. Like Ingram and Ball are more talented guys who are capable of, of a larger impact on the game than than Hart and Kuzma. Um, and and yet they 
have kind of fallen by the wayside because of the way LeBron plays. I think there's something to that. I I don't know what the specific concern would be, and I, I have to think longer and harder on how I want to phrase that before I just outright say LeBron is hurting Lonzo and Ingram. I, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, but but uh, as it pertains to the guys that you listed, Wade, Kyrie, Boshlove, like he won titles with Dwayne Wade. He won titles with Chris Bosh. He won a title in Cleveland, of all places, with Kyrie and with Kevin Love. So saying that he doesn't get enough out of those guys, he, he forces them to play a different way. But that's just kind of how basketball goes also. like he, Basically, on the better teams, uh, uh, it forces guys to sacrifice a little bit more. Like For example, my high school at, at, at Esperanza, where I went to school, we were never good. Uh, at at basketball, we 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 were we were all we were always all right. We were never like good good. My senior year, we were actually good. We made it to the semis of of CIF, uh, lost to Darren Collison's at Awanda, and on that team, I hardly played to be completely honest. Uh, and that was because there were so many good players because the team was really good that I had to sacrifice. And I, I basically, the way that I helped the team was, was by helping in, in practice and, and in spots where they needed shooting, I would just go out there and, and break a zone or two. Uh, but it was, it was mostly that kind of thing. Um, and in any other given year, my coaches would always say, if you, if you graduated a year earlier or a year uh, later, you would have been a starting point guard on the team. And, and that's just that's because I was I played on a better team. And when you play alongside LeBron James, in order for the team to be better, you have to be willing to sacrifice in, in the same kinds of ways. If you aren't on LeBron's team, you probably have a larger role in the offense. Uh, but if you're with LeBron, he's going to be the top dog. And, and it's on the other players around him and LeBron to figure out ways that they can all help the team through some kind of sacrifice. That's just how basketball and sports in general work. Uh, and, and, and really... If you ask people for for their trade-off, would you like to play with LeBron or would you not want to play with LeBron? I think most people say they would like to play with LeBron. Next question here. Uh, No, you know what? I'm going to save this one for the very end because it's it's a doozy. Uh, This next question comes from QBreezy12, friend of of the show. Should the Lakers sign Bynum to a 10-day when they play the Mavericks next? J.J. Barea getting thrown out of that game was was pretty – or getting a T or whatever it was felt pretty good. That one, that one felt good, uh, and and it made Dallas fans angry, which is always a good thing, really. Next question here comes from D3DS. Next time the Lakers win a title, how will you, Pete, uh, Harrison, and Darius celebrate? I think I would spend the entire night trying to get Harrison to take a sip of an alcoholic beverage. It's not that he's sober by choice. It's that uh, medication he was on and stuff doesn't allow him to, to drink, and, and he's not really a fan. But I've gotten him to, to have a sip of a drink once, and it was it was phenomenal. Uh, I would I like I haven't fun uh, well not fun but unfortunate fact here I've never met Darius. So at some point in my life I want to hang out with a dude, and 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 bug him in person. Uh, so that'd be a lot of fun. It, if the Lakers win a title, I'll I'll open up my house and all of Lakers Twitter uh, can can come over and we can all hang out. We'll have a party. 
Uh, next question here comes from I'm Drew. Hey, Anthony, can't help but feel like some of the tones used on the show is a, a bit cup half empty. What I mean is that there seems to be way more highlights of the Lakers' opportunities versus their success, versus their success especially at this point in the season. All things considered, we're a sixth seed with the arrow pointing up. Is there any way you and Pete can sit back and summarize the positives uh, of the first 20-ish games? There are definitely positives, and we've done, we've talked a lot about the positives. It's And, and here's the thing. I get this kind of, I'm not going to call it a complaint, but criticism all the time. Uh, that that it's a reactionary pod. Yes, it is. It's a daily show. <laughs> what, what else am I, I? You guys would get really bored if on every single show I talk big picture. Every single show, big picture. No, every so often you want to have a little bit of fun with with how things are going or, or in in the moment. You want to be able to enjoy the moment, and that's kind of I, I'm try I try to find the balance between keeping the big picture in mind. I.e., playing Lonzo Ball in, in in late in games versus trying to win them, or or this idea that playing him late in games is not trying to win them. Uh, I, I try to keep the big picture in mind, but I also, you know, I stop and smell the roses. And and they so far this season they've smelled good more so than they've smelled bad. All right, I told you guys I was saving this one for the very end. This is the last thing we're gonna. I'm gonna send you guys off with this one. It's incredible. This is from Bully 16 Hey, love the show. Just some questions regarding the Lonzo Ball bias and fanboy analysis you guys have. Uh, I wonder if this is written by Matt Moore. I'm kidding, Matt, if you're listening. Kidding. If you played for Boston, would you guys be more honest? I, I'm always honest. I'm never dishonest. And, and if you played for Boston, I would effing hate him because he plays for Boston. Uh, how is he not a bust? He was drafted number two and literally can barely score. How much of a sample size do you need before you declare him a bust? How is he the leader D'Angelo wasn't and the one Magic said we needed? Uh, well, D'Angelo got Magic Johnson's best friend fired, so I think that has something to do with it. Uh, last year, we all heard... All we heard was he's young, right? He was young. Explain Trey Young this year, and will you admit Trey Young is who you thought Lonzo would be? No, they play completely differently. Tatum and Mitchell are all in a slump, but still outplay Lonzo nightly. They do not. Uh, that's not a question, more of a fact. It is not a fact. It is an observation. Where is this once-in-a-generation once floor vision? He makes the most basic passes at any point guard who can play can make. Will you ever admit trading D'Angelo was a mistake? I, you guys heard it. You guys don't like me talking about it. And it wasn't a mistake. It got LeBron. Uh, you have to see he would be a better scoring addition than Lonzo. How does Lonzo keep getting a pass yet Brandon Ingram is becoming the new Chris Bosh and Kevin Love? Not expecting all or any for that matter. Questions to be answered. Would be awesome if he did. Wooderson voice. Uh, but keep up the awesome work. Based on that long paragraph of things that you think I'm incorrect on, I, I'm surprised you consider my work awesome. I just happen to disagree with just about everything you said. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, make sure you circle December 13th in your calendars. Game time is 530, and I hope to see you guys at Tom's Urban right across the street from Staples Center.